University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Thad Duvall, who's uh, been on this program many, many times. He had a pretty uh, bummer at uh, race with the DNF at the Snowshoe, but he came back this past weekend and um, in Pennsylvania, and he won. And it was sweet, and it was, it was really hot conditions and uh, you know Thad is a guy that we've had on the show many times we've told the story on this program about how he almost hung it up and I remember um, him being uh, in tight with the Wiseco boys you know we've we've talked about it way back in my early uh, years at Wiseco and uh, you know he was he was a guy that was he kind of gained some weight he wasn't really um, he just really couldn't find his place in uh in motorcycle racing and and now look at him now he's just he's just killing it so i couldn't be any happier for that happier for that it's uh um on the rockstar energy husqvarna team he's he's really uh coming to his own so i want to i want to give him a a big uh high five and and applaud because you know it's it's awesome to see that kind of story and if you followed somebody as long as we have you know you only know part of the story but you know that they go through struggles like everybody and and to see a guy succeed and, and just put the work in year after year to finally, you know, to be ex- as successful as he is as a factory racer is really cool. So good job out of that, uh, Thad Duvall camp. We're proud of him. Mark, you were saying there's something about it. Was there another evil Knievel? Like Pastrana did a tribute thing when he when he jumped. Was there another one? I saw Vicky Golden on a, on an on yeah. an Indian, but I don't I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was a, it was uh, supposed to be Axel Hodges doing a, a big jump. And then uh, uh, she did uh, where she went through 13 sets of boards on fire over 600 feet. You know, it was a pretty cool show. But I think one of the things for the industry, it was it was a long, drawn out process because the main part of the show never happened because uh, Hodges got hurt. And um, I think they should have had a backup plan personally. But I mean, not that you could do that same jump, but they so they had an hour long um going through filler filler going through evil's jumps and and everything and that was pretty interesting but the hour maybe that was the backup plan <laughs> yeah well that kind of was but still her her uh hour and a half or hour i think it was almost an hour and a half to get to where uh she actually rode through the the 13 board did she jump or did she just, just like you just ride crack. through them. just kind of like like you and i used to do back in the county fair show things uh, just burning boards and you ride through them well you know a couple things about your statement you just made (laughs) Um, fair days well i I did when i when i worked for the toyota hollywood stunt show i i refused to do the burning board thing because i didn't want to be burned i said i'll do the biggest jump you asked me to do yeah but i'm not going through fire okay and ended up getting burned on the deal anyway literally um from a big jump that we did but um we also, Mark, I wasn't at county fairs. We did it at state fairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bigger yeah. arena. A little bigger. Well, step back to my day back in the 80s, let's yeah, say. Yeah, Late 70s, 80s. Um, they used to call me the Flying Elvis, which you know, because I did a very <laughs> similar show to what you do. And a lot of times it would be back combined with the Joey Chitwood stunt show i don't that's know if you guys remember that that's oh the, yeah i'm the, very familiar so the show that i yeah. that i worked for was a spinoff of joey chill and i think i believe joey they bought it off joey or something I, yeah so yeah of course i'm familiar with it yeah so it was a similar thing but i would dress like elvis and <laughs> it was shortly after he died actually uh, so it was pretty popular then 
and uh, I did the flame, you know, jumping through the flame hoop, and we did the flame boards, you know, but I think we only did two sets, maybe three a couple times, and uh, I never was good at riding wheelies, and they always had a wheelie contest at it, so my gig was, okay, well, you go out and try to ride the wheelie contest, because I was the guy doing some of the jumps and stuff, and then they'd have me, they'd say, not like I needed help with it, (laughs) but just loop it out, you know, so that all the amateurs, because they'd let amateurs come out that were at the show and do it on their own bikes. Yeah. You know, they'd sign, I think they signed a waiver back then, maybe not, but it was so fun watching all this happen. But do you guys know who Gary Wells was? No. He's the guy that was supposed to be on uh, That's Incredible, Jumping Caesar's Palace. I remember, And he hit the wall when he landed. Oh. And uh, almost killed him. And he claimed, to this day, I, I kind of still know him because he grew up in my air, town where I grew up, kind of. He would come there in the summers because his parents were separated. But he came to one of those shows, and I knew it because I knew who he was. But he rode a wheelie on a Honda 450 or one of the four cylinders. I can't remember which one it was until it seized at the show literally that he kept going around and around the track and and they wouldn't he wouldn't stop and and they you know they wanted to get the show going because the guy who went the farthest one on her bucks and he went until his bike ceased oh, it was man. so awesome but anyway on the show on the tv they it was went so long and then her thing you know obviously it was a 30 second deal when she did it and that was really cool but it was just you know even travis talking on the on the show and trying to fill the time and you know they can only go back and show his stuff so many times and yeah yeah but, what were you thinking in this part of the jump travis yeah i was scared yeah you know like i was thinking uh, I'm, I'm i was is- thinking that was pretty cool riding down uh, las vegas boulevard i remembered that while i was in midair so, exactly but i think they need to have three things if they do it so that there's a backup you know if one of them falls out so what was axel supposed to have been doing he was going to do uh, I th- well, I think it was over 300 foot. Three, it looked 300. I, I watched I the crash video. On an Indian? Oh, no. No, he, he, he was, was on his, his dirt bike. On his proper. KX. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he airmailed it for, uh, unfortunately, he airmailed it and wishing him a speedy recovery. He flew. That video is insane. Yep. He broke both his ankles. He, land, he long jumped it, landed on the rear wheel, pretty steep angle, and your angles, you know, you're your uh, Achilles have to give or your, or your ankle and yeah. broke both of the ankles. Like he was actually there on stilt or uh, um, crutches and uh, he was he was great to talk to and he was obviously Vicodined up or something. But uh, he was very entertaining, you know. But at some point I thought he was going to jump on a bike and take off and try it again or something. But, but it was pretty interesting. So actually. about Axel... Hodges, I when I first started watching it, I saw the commercials for that Monster would put out on him, and I don't know if it was on the internet or on on TV, but I, you know, he would do cool wheelies and stand on the on the seat while he does wheelies, and you know, and like rolling front wheel stoppies and stuff like that. I'm like, whatever, you know, it's just. But I was not, you know, I mean, I was impressed, but not really, you know. There's a lot of guys that can do that, a lot of guys that can race motocross at a professional level and do those things. But then I saw a video just recently of him. He was in a big, like a some sort of an arena or something, and they had the, he jumped so high, and it was like before the show. It was so high on this ramp, and I mean so far, and he literally had to duck from hitting the ceiling. And I mean, it looked like he missed it by a foot. 
and, and after that, he was kind of like, oh, that was pretty close, you know? And, and I, I couldn't, I mean, and it went viral, of course. Everybody's been seeing it. So when I saw him do that jump, he's legit. Moved up the ladder in your book. Oh, my word. That guy is is not, uh, yeah, he's on a different level than anybody that I, you know, any of them other guys. So pretty uh, pretty impressive. So That's a pretty tall order knowing how much you uh, have been around Travis and the stuff he's done. Well, yeah. Travis is a psychopath. I mean, I'm not going to say that uh, he can't sugarcoat <laughs> that. Can't sugarcoat that. Hey, how about Eli Tomac? He, another good weekend at, at Redbud with a one-two for overall. Um, I know Marvin got him in that second moto, but he was only seventh place in the first moto. So it was it was Tomac. Jason Anderson is back on it. You know, we I kind of thought after he uh, had a slow start after his his Supercross. I, I kind of thought, you know what? I don't know if we're going to see Jason Anderson back at the level. Man, that kid is is on the gas with a two four second overall. Marvin Muskin was a seven one. Uh, Cooper Webb three five, and then a Ken Roxon with with a six three. That was your top five in the four fifty class at Redbud, and that was that was a great race. And the in the second or in the uh, two fifty class, I should say. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam C and Cirillo, where where he was docked? For for uh, exiting the track and staying on the gas, I mean, y- you guys all saw that, I'm sure. I did. I thought. Uh, I, I don't know. They, he, I think, seeing uh, his own comments about it when he was on camera were telling. He said, "Yeah, looking back at it, I th- I think what they were talking about yeah, might have been a little bit dicey." He admitted it, so clearly he uh, he concurred in some way. And it was good to see him take it absolutely professionally and get about his business. What do you think, Mark? I kind of think, you know, that rule has always been kind of ambiguous, the way it was written. You know, and back when I was racing some of the pro-type events, you had to actually re-enter in the same spot. And, uh, you know, so it made it very clear how we did it then. You know, but I understand that they changed it for safety, but it's still kind of wishy-washy how it's written because, you know, there's the whole, well, did he accelerate when he left the track or didn't he accelerate, you know, and and if you have to wheelie to go through a banner to get back on the track because they have banners all the way around the track, is that accelerating? It's just, there's just a lot of of open stuff there. You know, Uh, I I wish they'd button that that rule down. And they, they clearly have left it open for interpretation because he had multiple offs as well. It wasn't There was only one, apparently, that they were talking about when they decided to penalize him. Well, he said multiple this Two season. Two positions, yeah. You know, In and, that race, uh, he had multiples. Well, and, and this season, too. I mean, yeah. it's not the first time we're talking about AC going off the track and should he have been penalized. But like you said, Mark, there's a repeater banner in, in, on, on entire sections, and they don't... And it sure looks pretty, but if you get off the track, what are you supposed to do? I mean, are you supposed to tear into one of them, or are you, are you supposed to turn around on the, on the backside of a of a high speed jump? No, clearly not. That's not the thing to do. Um, you know, should your should your race be over if you go off the track and just and just call it a day and be like, well, I I that seems a bit much. You know, it's going to happen. It happens. So I, I mean, we see it in road racing even where guys get off the track and they they go through through uh, some rocks and next thing you know they're back on course and, and they're racing and obviously they it costs them more time than than it did ac in this situation but i agree mark i think that that maybe there should be a little more clarity in the rule so 
Uh, congratulations to Dylan Ferrandis, though, with a 1-1. The, the French rider is on fire. So. Incredible ride. Yes. All right, uh, big thanks to our guests. I want to thank Zach Osborne and Kyle Cunningham. Um, big thanks to Gus Rodeo, Rodeo um, Roger Hayden, and Joey LaMondry Jr. That's been our show. We appreciate you listening. If you missed any part of it, you can go back. You can find us on pitpassmoto.com. There's an app in the App Store, depending on uh, which device you're using, but we have an app that you can listen and and uh, at any time. Our show is available 24-7. I'm Tony Wink with PJ Doran, Mark Bonnell, and the DeLeons. We thank you for listening. That's our show. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.